Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I can't even tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Molly Apple and Joe Dunn. Molly and Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having us, Ken. Oh, my pleasure. And anyone out there listening, if you're if you're not familiar with their work, let me give you a little background. Molly Apple and Joe Dunn are authors. They're relationship coaches, lovers, and best friends. Their best-selling books, The Soulmate Experience, A Practical Guide to Creating Extraordinary Relationships, and The Soulmate Lover, A Guide to Passionate and Lasting Love, Sex, and Intimacy, have actually helped thousands of people around the world create and sustain relationships that are deeply connected on all levels, emotionally, intellectually, sexually, and spiritually. From connecting with your sexual energy to using sexual healing to transform intimacy issues into heart-opening erotic pleasure, Molly and Joe share truly revolutionary ideas for creating relationships that are deeply loving, intensely passionate, and profoundly sexually connected. Molly and Joe, take a minute, and, and if there's any blanks in that intro, fill those in for us, and then give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would. I think that was a pretty good intro, Ken. Um, just trying to think if you missed anything. Nothing comes to mind. We've but. been together almost 14 years. Nice. And it really is an incredible relationship where we just don't have arguments. We just have this incredible connection all the time. And I think that's what drove us to want to write those books was to help others have this experience continue, right. you know, when they're having it to continue it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I think you make a good point there, Molly, is that, you know, virtually everybody touches on these moments, but how do we sustain them? Exactly. How do, how do we keep that connection going? How do we, how do we get back to it if we do get off track? So it actually leads us really well into our first question, which is, I always like to find out what our guests, I call it a guiding principle, but sometimes it's a quote or a mantra, or just something that is kind of a touchstone, a place you come back to when you notice you are kind of off in the weeds. And how do you bring that back? What's that thing that brings you back to partnership? I think, Ken, for us, um, and I'm going to speak for Molly too, it's, it's acceptance. Acceptance of not only ourselves, but our partner and whoever they are at that moment. And when we get off track, that's the, you know, and, and things get a little bit uh, wonky. You know, it's the, the one thing we go to is, hey, can I accept this person exactly who they are? And the answer is always yes. Yeah. And can I accept, you know, accept whatever's coming up between us in this moment? It really does just smooth everything out and make make living so much easier. Yeah. Well, I, I love that because obviously acceptance is a huge part of any partnership. And, and I'd love to ask you about this because... 
one of the things that I know for myself as a man is I tend to like to fix stuff. And <laughs> so diving in with suggestions and recommendations and all that kind of things, that's not acceptance. Am I right? <laughs> I think your help will be much, much uh, more um, acceptable, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you're accepted where this person is. So she's, she, he's coming to you with this is an issue. Um, even just accepting that it's an issue for them when it wouldn't be for you, it, it opens a space for them to hear what you have to say without feeling like you need them to take your advice. Yeah, that, that that's, I think that's so important. Like you said, it, it opens that space. And it's funny because I've actually had times um, with my partner, Anna, and, and where I'll say, yeah, I, I understand what's going on for you. And the funny part is sometimes she'll be like, oh, I know you're supposed to say you understand. That's not important right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, there's obviously the times when our brains get in the way. But no, it, it, it's a huge, huge thing to, to give people space to be where they are. And I think that's a great thing to keep as a, as, as a touchstone. Well, let me ask you this, because one of the things that our, our listeners love about the show is the stories that our guests are so generous in sharing. And I'd love to start with a story today of, of a time when, well, you kind of tripped up in your partnership. And, and just tell us that story. You know, what were you doing? What, what tripped you up? And then what did you learn from that that you could move forward with? You know, I, I love this question. And the story I'm going to tell is one I've never told before, but it really came to me when you asked this, is that... I was married about my previous relationship, which lasted about 20 years. I was married about 10 years in. And my husband at the time, my husband now, my husband at the time and I really had an understanding that we would have attractions to other people. We would flirt with other people. It wasn't a problem in our relationship. And we shared that with each other. And it was all cool. Until one day, I engaged in a flirtation with someone and I felt like, uh, my husband's not going to be cool about this particular person. So I didn't tell him. And honestly, in that moment and from that day forward, our my relationship with my husband changed in in. in inalterably. It, it would just change forever that I'd held something back. And I really, I have never forgotten this experience about hiding something that I knew my partner would want to know about. And I hope to never have to experience that again. And I think that's really been so helpful in this relationship with Joe, because there's no way I'd ever want to hide anything because I know what that caused, the distance it caused in my relationship with my husband. And he didn't even know what was going on, why we suddenly had a schism where 10 years we'd felt really connected. And yet your partner can feel that, right, when you're holding something back. Yeah. They can, mm -hmm. they can feel that, and you can feel it as well. It's just not a, not a great situation to be yeah, in. Yeah, it really was the beginning of the end of my long relationship with him was that moment of not sharing something <clears throat> that I knew he'd want to hear about. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that's really, you know, telling about that is it seems like, oh, this is probably a little inconsequential thing. But it's like that piece of sand, right? It just starts to grate and grate and it grows. And eventually you've got this big sore, you've got this blister from what you thought was something you didn't even have to think about. Right, and I'll tell you what else, now that you're saying that, it also made that flirtation, like gave it much more energy because now it was a secret thing instead mm -hmm. of an out in the open thing. And it gave it more power. And and I think that was part of the reason that it felt so separating from then on. Yeah, that's a really great point. 
is now I'm having this exciting sort of flirtation here out on the side that didn't have any consequences for my relationship except it did because of the not sharing it made it a much bigger deal than it actually was. And the longer you go on not sharing it, the bigger a deal it becomes. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Joe, did you have a story you wanted to share? Well, <laughs> I, you know, I think my, my first big trip up in relationship um, was my, my first real long-term relationship. And I went into it thinking that, you know, my, my partner at the time was not a happy person. Everything was sort of a downer. And I think my big trip was thinking that I could go into this relationship and change my partner because I'm a happy, optimistic guy. And all I had to do was be around her enough. And some of that would definitely rub off on her. So big trip. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've all done that. (laughs) You know, the, the, the promise of who this person could be once I get in there and do my magic. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Those are those are some great, great examples. Well, let me let me kind of move us a little bit to the side. This is very similar, but it's something that I feel like the difference, the nuance here is very significant. And that is I'd love it if you would share a story of a time when you had I call it one of those duh moments where you're just like, wait, wait, huh? how, how did I miss this? How could hmm. I possibly have been such a knucklehead for so long? And And just share with us what were the steps you took to turn that wake up moment into a building block for your future partnerships? Well, sure. My, Ken, my story pretty much continues, um, (laughs) from the, uh, from the trip moment to, uh, probably 20 years later when I finally realized I can't change my partner. Hmm. And that turned into acceptance of who my partner was and by doing so, you know, all of a sudden it created space for me to really take a look at her and say, wow, this is really who she is. I can't change her. All I can do is accept her. And so all of that energy that I had spent all those years resisting who my partner was, was now gone. And that gave me the space in which I could meet Molly and set my, my future path on a, on a great pace. Nice. How about you, Molly? You know, I I have to say it's similar. And I think this is something that happens to a lot of people when we're in a long-term partnership and we realize that in many ways the relationship has run its course and trying to hold on to it and continuing to try to make this person change. I mean, I've certainly had this experience with my husband and he and I are still very close. We share a daughter and we are loving to each other and and that never stopped. But I think what, what finally occurred to me was that this person is not interested in in going the way I want to go in life and having the kind of experiences I want. And I've been dragging him along for years and finally realizing that and, you know, sitting down and having a heart to heart with him where we both could share that, yeah, that was looks like it was true for us and that we need to change our involvement with each other and open ourselves up to something, open both of ourselves up to something new. So it was a really wonderfully conscious evolution that relationship through that moment of 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 really revealing that we both felt like wow this is this is pretty much run its course this relationship and we're ready to move on yeah and you know that is that's really one of those wake up moments right where you're like what this is this is just complete 
there's nothing more to go here. What, how do we find the next step for ourselves and support our partner in their next step? Right, and continue to support each other, which yes. I, I'm just a huge proponent of. If you've got, if you've had love in that relationship, that, and if you can do whatever you can do to keep the best parts of it, even when you change your involvement, uh, instead of thinking about it as being done over xing them out of your life, um, I really think that the more we can consciously move from transforming our old relationships, it really helps our next ones too. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And it's, it's one of the things that, that has come up on this show several times is one of the biggest and, and maybe one of the more challenging aspects of partnership is when a, a, a partnership in the traditional sense of being together is actually transitioning to how does that look as a partnership when you're apart? Right. Right. And it's, it's not something we often think of because we think, well, we're apart. There is no partnership. Right, right. So many people think that. We, yeah. we talk to people all the time, and they say, I have no relationship anymore. And we always point out, well, that's not really true. In some way or another, you have this relationship. You still have a relationship with that person, especially if there are children involved. Yes. You know, you might have a really bad one, and there might be things you could do to improve it. But the idea that you don't have one, I think... It's a fallacy. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. keeps us from making the very best relationship out of it we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit. And what I'd love to do is have you share with us a story of, I call it a proudest partnership moment. And it, it might be romantic, it could be family, career, whatever area it shows up in your life. And I know for me that one of the things that, that lets me know this is something I'm really proud of is when I think about it, I can't help but smile. And I'm wondering what one of those is for you guys. Oh, that's that's too easy. <laughs> you have the same answer I it's do. It's our relationship. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> We've been together almost 14 years, and this is a partnership that's totally exciting all the time. It, it's, and whenever I think about it, it makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, I'm always thinking of our children. Yeah. I, you know, I th I th we have awesome relationships with our kids, although in all honesty – the relationship I have with you, Molly, is more exciting because I never know what we're going to do next, you know? Mm -hmm. Love seeing my kids. It's great. Love spending time with them. But this is a, a real exciting thing that we have together. <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, and it's it's interesting because one of the things to me that, that I think is, for me, makes a proud partnership, like with my, my partner, Anna, is that it's still evolving. Right that it's this dynamic thing and it's like 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 you said Joe I don't I don't have any idea what's coming up next. Yeah. Absolutely. But I know we have this this incredible power of our partnership that allows us to know whatever it is it's going to be amazing. Mhm. Mm yeah. It really is. And I think we we you know head into that excitement all the time intentionally you know what we call pushing our edges or our boundaries mm -hmm. with each other and with the world together that we move as much as we can into the realm of something that's a little uncomfortable yeah yeah it, it's uh i was uh, interviewing a guy named jeffrey allen the other day and uh, jeffrey and i have been friends for about 20 years now and and he made the comment that he like reviews, you know, his his life basically every year or so, like first of the year. And he said, "What I, my goal is to be able to look back 
on where I was a year ago and feel slightly embarrassed <laughs> because I, of what I've been able to create since then and go, oh, yeah, that was awesome. And guess what? Where I am right now, I'm going to be slightly embarrassed of next year, too. It's I like that. that. Edge. It's that growth of, I'm not way off course, but there's even more. There's more. There's always more. You know, we had an experience a couple of years ago. Joe knows I like this pushing the edges thing. And we were out at dinner at a downtown market and there was a woman there with hula hoops demonstrating and showing people how to do them. And the, we were watching her and he was very intrigued with all these moves she could do. And then I looked at him and he knew instantly what was on my mind that we were going to go out there and get in those hoops out in the crowd <laughs> and he got up and went to the bathroom really fast but when he came back I'm still looking at him he's like okay here we go and he not only went out there and tried and failed miserably at it but we end up taking lessons from her until he could do the hula hoop dance nice. <laughs> it, it didn't hurt that she was really cute <laughs> yeah I'm sure that's true nice that's a cool example because it, I mean, sometimes we don't we don't give credit for those little spontaneous moments. Right. That that's I mean, that's such a great example of partnership. Joe's sitting there going, I know what she's going to ask me to do. and I'm not really comfortable with it. And he says yes every time. I have to give this man just huge credit for that. that it, no matter what crazy idea I come up with. And there have been some plenty. <laughs> <laughs> He lives this relationship as a constant yes. That's fantastic. And, you know, that's our challenge, right? Yes. How do we just stay in it? How do we keep going? Yeah, okay. And I think to me, and, and it sounds like from you guys as well, that's one of the big powers of partnership is you're not doing it alone. It is your edge, but you're not on this like crazy thing going, uh, there's nobody here if something doesn't work out. No, in fact, we, in one of our books, we call this plain leapfrog, mm. this way of, in which we support each other in growing in whatever ways we want to grow, whatever ways we think we might be able to grow together. Is this, with the support, it's like you can go way farther together. Yeah, and especially because we're not evolving typically at the same rate, yes. right? So if one partner might be a little bit more evolved in one area, then they can support the, the, the other partner in, you know, taking a leap to to get up to that spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Well, let me ask you this, because we've talked, you know, pretty much about past experiences. And I'm wondering, what's something that comes to mind when you think about, you know, something going on right now in your life that's just super exciting? <laughs> what's going on that's super exciting? Our daughter just got accepted to Yale. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that is so exciting to us because when I went there with her a couple weeks ago, I realized that this place is they're doing everything to bring kids that, that have this creative spark and this interest in helping out the world with its immense problems and giving them everything they can to help them do that. And I realized this is where our daughter's supposed to be. And I, even though, you know, that's a long way from us that she's going to live, it's so exciting to me that she can have this adventure and she can get the support to do some great things in the world. And I've never felt so excited for someone else as I feel for her now. And that's a super cool feeling. Yeah. What, what's really cool about that is, you know, that's another form of partnership of going, wow, I see this is where you need to be. Even though it's 3,000 miles for me, that's not my favorite part of it. 
Yes. <laughs> but I'm definitely like, I'm going to be in partnership with you. I'm going to say, what's my role here to make sure that you can be the best person you are? And part of that is being in that place that that's going to support you. Yes, yes. And it, you know, one of the wonderful things about texting and Facebook and Snapchat and all of these things that can, you know, they can really get in the way. But if they're used consciously, they can keep two people connected who are a distance like that. And I'm actually really looking forward to her being 3,000 miles away and us being able to feel like we're pretty much in constant contact with her just like we are now because of all of these tools. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what we're able to do nowadays. Just like this, right? You and I are having a conversation as if we're in the same room. And right. We're more than a thousand miles away from each other. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, if we use all of these tools consciously, they can help bring us closer together. Yes, absolutely. Well, Molly and Joe, we've actually arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is, this is where we step away from the stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply right now to improve their relationships and their partnerships. And where I'd like to start is I'm wondering... What each of you feel is, is the best partnership or relationship advice that you have ever received? So for me, there was a man uh, named Ken Keyes. He wrote a book called The Handbook to Higher Consciousness. I think it was published in the 70s. He was a brilliant, brilliant man. And one of the ma amazing things about him was he was quadriplegic when he was writing all these w books. But the piece of advice that he gave in this book that I have never forgotten is not to let your negative emotions direct your words or actions. And this is this sounds simple, and it is one of the toughest things to master or even get close to mastering, is when you're in the grip of powerful negative emotions, whether you're feeling anxious, insecure, jealous, anger, is to not let that emotion direct your words or actions. Whatever kind of timeout you have to take for yourself, whatever, you know, however you're gonna get uh, distance from that before you let it before you let it control you because any action or you take out of something like that out of an emotion like that is never going to be a positive your most wisest your most wisest action so uh, it's been something I've been practicing for 30 years and it's you have to learn to here's the emotion arising the anger whatever and and you have to catch it and, and tell yourself, ah, I can feel that coming up. I can work with this emotion, but I'm not going to let it control me. Yeah, and she's a master at it, too. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I love that, that point because personally, I'm not so good at it. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you what I do. What I tend to do is take that emotion and the way I grew up was take that emotion and let that empower you figuring out to show how you were right. Uh, and I actually was using it to like go, this is how I'm going to use that, that emotion to attack that person. Right, right. And as I've started to to play with this, and, and like I said, I am by no means a master, but I'm in process and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I've got my whole plan of attack, but the emotion's still there. Hmm. So there's no point. That's no different than if I just exploded in the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've got to step even longer and go, okay, so as long as that emotion is still there, no matter what I'm about to say, no matter how wonderful it sounds, it's still got that charge. It's still tainted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah tainted is a great word for it. What about you, Joe? Well, Ken, for me, um, 
this big realization came in the uh, what was it in the I think it was in the late 80s no early 90s when I was attending a relationship course that was way ahead of its time and the uh, one of the teachers a fellow named Michael Naumer um, had a uh, a part of the course was on expectations and I'd never really thought about expectations and how damaging they can be to relationship until I had a chance to experience exactly what happens when you can give those expectations up and I went we had this this uh, talk about expectations and I came home and I and I realized that I had this huge expectation with my son he was about seven and that when I talked to him that he was supposed to answer and so I had this expectation and I would try talking to, to Ben and, and he would just sort of, you know, withdraw and he'd get quiet. And the more I insisted that he respond to me because I talked to him, you know, the, the less I could get that out of him. And so I came home after that course, that night of the course, and I left him a note saying, you know, that uh, I no longer had that expectation that he answer me and it was totally okay if he didn't. And the next day at breakfast, I could not shut the kid up. It was <laughs> to see. So, you know, and I've, I've seen in relationships of all types that having these expectations can be really detrimental, right? Because as our teacher taught in the, in the course, it's like even if your partner actually manages to meet your expectation, they're just at zero, right? There's no, there's no gift in that in meeting an expectation, so the big thing for me was to try to keep my expectations um, down to a minimum. You know, it's tough to to eliminate them altogether, but the more we can eliminate expectations, I think the better relationship we're going to have. I love that phrase. There's no gift in meeting an expectation because it's it's true, right? It's like it. My friend used to say, you know, he was in construction. He goes, people are like, my house is built to code to code, and he goes. Code is simply the lowest possible way it can be built that you won't hmm. die. <laughs> is that really something you're so proud of? That is a great corollary to an expectation, right? If you have these expectations about your partner and they meet them, you're at zero. Yeah. Right? You yeah. just you didn't you didn't get anything. You can just check it off. You yeah. can check it off. What you don't get, okay, I'm not resentful that you didn't give it to me. That's it. Yeah. It's not living relationship as the opposite of all of this is having gratitude for whatever you do get in relationship. Mm -hmm. That makes everything so much more wonderful. Sure does. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Those are great. Well, let me ask you this then. And I know you guys are authors. You've got a couple of amazing books out there. And I'm wondering if there's another book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners and why that particular one. Hmm. I think for me, one of the most powerful books ever is Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. Mm -hmm. I've probably read it 30 times and highlighted the most powerful passages for myself. And sometimes I'll sit down and just read those. And there's such just infinite wisdom in his words. And it, it, I think that's the book that I would want if I were on a desert island. <laughs> wow. I'd, I'd probably agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anybody better than... Than that mm. that, uh, that I've read in recent years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty incredible work there. Mm -hmm. I, I actually had a friend of mine who was uh, having back surgery, and, and somebody had given him a copy of the book, and he was so inspired by it that he bought a case of the books and was just giving them to everyone. And he emailed me. He said, hey, I got a book for you. You've got to read this book. 
And as it turned out with his recovery and so on, we didn't cross paths for a while. When I, I did bump into him and, and we got together, I said, oh, yeah, did you tell me there was some book? He goes, oh, I've given them all away already. Power of now, dude. You missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because he's like, um, hello, now. Those are gone. Go get your own. <laughs> it's great. Well, I would love to have you kind of leave our listeners with an example. Of, I call it the payoff of partnership. And we've certainly touched on a number of them. And I'm wondering if there's a specific example of something that you were able to do or create or experience that is really the sole result of being in partnership that would not have happened on your own. Well, definitely the books that we've written would probably not have happened on our own. <laughs> Molly might have been able to get one done. Uh -uh. But, uh... <laughs> There's but... such... There's, it took us a number of years of working together to come to our voice, our our groove, our couple's voice. Yeah. And now that we've hit that stride, I mean, it's amazing. I wouldn't want to write without Joe at all because he's he's the human side and the the humor side of everything. <laughs> he's just he's just got this beautiful way with language. Um, I write kind of like a college professor. It's not something anybody can read. <laughs> and, I smooth uh, it out. <laughs> and, and it's really, really fun to have, to really be on this role together and be able to do this so naturally now. And it's, it's, it, it, it really is. And, and what we found, Ken, is that, you know, this exploration of relationship, which is pretty much all that we do together, um, it just makes our relationship so much better this constant exploration of how do you make a relationship better. And that, and that's really advice we give to other couples all the time is if you want to know how to have a great relationship, just continually explore how to have a great relationship. Yeah, yeah, because there, there isn't an end point to this right. process. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's one of the main catalysts for me wanting to start this show is letting people know it's a continual process. It doesn't matter who you are. Or maybe they're the author of your favorite book and you have them on such a pedestal. They still went through it and they're still going through it. And it is that process of going, where else can we look for this? Where else can we look for this? And and honestly, being able to, to speak with incredible guests like yourselves, I sit here and I'm just like, I'm getting like a master's program <laughs> every week. It's just crazy. And it's, it's an incredible gift. So thank you for that. Huh. I, I think there's no question that, that you have an abundant resource of information and, and, and things that you can share with our listeners. And I'm wondering if you would just let them know, how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you do? Sure. We are um, Molly, M-A-L-I and Joe. And you can find Molly and Joe um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. We have a bunch of videos out, particularly about aspects of sexuality and at um, mollyandjoe.com. Fantastic. And for everybody listening, those will all those links will be on the uh, show page for Molly and Joe's interview. So if you just go to speakingofpartnership.com, put in Molly and Joe, and you'll find all those links there. So it's really easy if you didn't get those all written down really quick. Um, well, folks, this has been amazing. I mean, your stories, your insights, just incredible. Uh, I, I'm going to be digesting this one for a while. <laughs> and I'm sure our <laughs> listeners are like, wow, that's awesome. I'm sure glad I can listen to it multiple times. So I just want to thank you for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having us, Ken. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday 
It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.